are listening to the Traditional Outdoors Podcast. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Steve Angel. I got my good buddy Nick with me tonight. What's up, man? Oh, not a whole lot, man. You know, same old, living the dream here in Rockford. Uh, you know, living it up in Michigan, waiting for the... <laughs> it's cold now, you know, so we're... Uh, <laughs> we got uh, we got some late season hunting coming up, and I'm looking forward to that and, and seeing what's left. And uh, yeah, that's about it, man. How about you? Did you... Did you get any of the snow? I saw uh, Jason got snow. Uh, no, we didn't. We didn't get. <laughs> we didn't get any. I. I. And I was pretty shocked about it. I usually. Usually we get that West Side stuff, but we didn't get. We didn't get anything. In fact, Big Rapids had just a blizzard, and they're only forty-five minutes north, and we got nothing, man. Just rain. And I actually, I would have preferred snow because I would have hunted. I was rained out all day Saturday. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> like snow, I would have gone for sure. And then. Uh, you know, of course, after a heavy rain like that, everywhere I would have hunted would have been a mucky mess. So Sunday was pretty much a no-go uh, in the morning for hunting out where I wanted to hunt because it was a farm field and that thing's just tore up. So uh, I ended up going that night, but uh, and it was pretty nice. It was pretty nice. It was cold, but, I, you know, to be honest with you, I kind of want... I, I like it when it snows when I hunt. I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to it, and I got a feeling we're going to have a real muddy brown late season here for what we have left and i hate i hate that man i've never enjoyed that i i like it to be a little bit of white on the ground how, how about you how are things going there oh uh, you know it's it's going okay um i haven't i haven't made it out much at all just you know lots of conflicts um i did get out uh i did get out last weekend um we were we were supposed to have rain the same time everybody up there around the same time everybody up there were, was getting snow so i figured you know i've got a couple weeks three four weeks left in the season because our season runs up to the 15th of january uh so i actually got out uh spent about a half a day middle of the day did some late season scouting uh last weekend knew we had rain coming in so i figured i could get away with a little bit i actually recorded a couple of uh well bunch of video segments i'm in the process of trying to put them together into some uh, videos, but was, you know, scouting for some late season food sources, um, found some, found some good spots to hunt and hopefully, you know, maybe this weekend I might get a chance to get out for a little bit this weekend and, uh, maybe some the, you know, the, the week after Christmas, that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's getting close to Christmas and for everyone listening, this will probably be the, the episode you hear of ours before Christmas. So Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, everyone. I want to make sure I get that out there. Um, but, you know, at this point, with everything that's that's going on this, this fall, um, I've gotten out a few times. I've been, I feel like I've been very blessed that I've, I've seen deer pretty much every time I've been out. I've had some, you know, pretty close encounters um, one with actually a really nice buck, but it's just, I don't know if my, my game's a bit off or what, but it just seemed like every time they're on the, they're on the wrong side. They're, you know, they, they're either downwind of me or they come in in such a way that the, you know, the wind's not very strong. And if it gets still for a little bit, you know, thermals get you, it's just, you know, just the little things. But, uh, like I said, I can't really complain. Yep. I'm, uh. Uh, hopefully I'll finish out the year strong here and get out a couple more times, but honestly, I don't, I don't care. I mean, we'll, you know, I hate to say that, but you know, I'm already 
kind of looking forward to next year and and actually you know what tom just tom just texted me the other day i should probably mention this because uh i, I was having a pretty bad pretty bad few days and and i got a package in the mail today and in mr tom jorgensen well, don't don't tell me you know, don't tell me because i got a feeling he might be sending me the same thing so oh wait uh, did wait he, tell did me he like, ask you I, I don't know. A, <laughs> All right, I won't waste it for you. He's well, and this may give it away. He sent me a text and asked me if I preferred paperback or electronic books. So same thing. Related, same for me. Okay, <laughs> uh, don't then don't tell me because I don't I don't know what it is and I don't have it yet. I'd rather wait and save it for Christmas. <laughs> oh man, but you anyway, were way more please, patient than I am. <laughs> please, could, please, we'll see. And here here's the beauty of it. I know now that I told you that, that'll bug you. So it's a win-win for me, but go ahead and try to finish your story without telling me <laughs> what, what he sent you. He's, he, he sent me something I will not, I will not mention, but I, I appreciate it, Tom. And, and I will enjoy it. And, uh, I should have, I should have known that he might be, he might be up to something of that regard. And, and I do not have the patience to let something sit till Christmas. <laughs> no, you don't. So, you, you don't. but he made my, but, but he, but he made my week, man. So, and, and I, I really appreciate it, Tom. Well, so that's, thank you. That, that's, that's, that's really good. I mean, it's really good to know. Um, mm-hmm. and, and speaking of things like that, and then I do want to get to our, uh, the intro to our guest, um, but I do want to take a few moments, um, and some of this I've I've really struggled with. But uh, first of all, um, I, I just I have to say a big thank you for everyone that has that has reached out since you know hearing the podcast where I talked about um, the struggle my wife's going through. Um, Scott Spray, you know, <laughs> I, I can't say enough about the guy. Um, and for anyone that doesn't know, Scott actually built a a custom fly rod. I think we even mentioned it on the show. Left a link, um, and he he auctioned that off through Facebook uh, to raise raise money for for us to help with ancillary bills and so forth. And I'll get to that a little bit more in a minute. But uh, Scott, brother, I, I can't I can't say thank you enough. Um, so glad got to meet you. Um, love you like a brother and all i can say is again thank you and look forward to look forward to shaking your hand and hugging your neck hopefully sometime soon if we can get past this whole covid thing um also a huge thank you to uh mr rick butler um rick actually um well rick's done two things but the first thing is rick won the the fly rod um so Rick, same thing to you, man. Love you like a brother, and can't wait to hug your neck. Uh, but um, David Johnson, uh, a good friend of mine locally, saw uh, Scott's post and actually uh, donated a, a day fishing trip for two. I think I'm getting this right uh, on the Chattahoochee River for fly fishing for trout. He he was part of a, a guide service here in Atlanta River through Atlanta Guide Service. Um, I've known David for, for many years. Thank the world of David. I doubt he listens to the podcast, so he probably won't hear this, but, um, I've talked about David's son on the podcast before. His son, Brian was a good friend of mine, young kid, worked at a local fly, uh, fly fishing, hunting, uh, shop. And, uh, I remember several years ago, I shot a, I shot a really nice 
10 point on public land and it was deep, deep, deep in the woods and gave Brian a call. I, I don't think he was even driving at that point. He just said, come get me and I'll come help you. And he helped me get that deer out of the woods. It was, I think it was like 1130 by the time we got it to the check station. Um, and a few years later, uh, he was, he was killed in a work related accident. And up until this year, David puts a, a thing together to remember Brian does it on Lake Lanier and, and we all get together and have a big cookout and everybody's having a good time just, you know, to remember Brian. So David, if you're listening, um, it means the world to me and I, I truly appreciate it. Um, outside of that, and I know I'm going on and on and I apologize, but, uh, I've had a lot of other people that have reached out to me via, um, text and email, uh, messages on Instagram, messages on Facebook. Um, got a text last night from David Tesla. Uh, you know, for everybody, thank you so much for reaching out. Um, for those that have asked, this is not a, uh, this is not a pitch, um, but for those that have asked, that have wanted to, to offer something, offer to help, a good friend of my uh, wife uh, set up a, a GoFundMe account. Um, it is legit. I will put a link in the show notes for this episode, and it's really to help pay for things that insurance won't cover. We, you know, we've got insurance. We've, we've got good insurance, um, but we do, you know, we have a high deductible plan. Um, and there are things that because of the, because of the aggressiveness of the cancer, the late stages, all this stuff, there are things that they are doing that insurance just doesn't cover and they're expensive. And again, I'm not asking people to, to, to go out and donate, but for those that have asked, and if you're interested, uh, like I said, I will leave a, a, a note to the link and I'll thank everyone in advance. There's probably no way I can circle back around and thank everyone, but, uh, Anyway, enough of that. Um, but thank you to everyone, especially here at the holidays. I, I just, I can't say thank you enough. And with that, we're going to get on to some, some more pleasant things. Um, so tonight we, we, we have Brian Miller on the show. Um, and this was pre-recorded. We're just recording an intro to this. So, I know Nick, you kind of you kind of brought Brian to the show, so I'm gonna let you tell us a little bit about Brian, how you got to know him, and anything else you may want to say before we before we cut into our our recording with Brian. The man with the fantastic mustache. Hey, <laughs> that's wait a Brian, minute! That's now. Bri- I thought that was me. Not, well, oh, uh, <laughs> you know his <laughs> his is a little bit darker. Uh, <laughs> Oh, that's low. That, that, that's does, about as does, low as you can get. It, it doesn't have as much prestige uh, uh, as yours. It doesn't have uh, as many but, miles on but, it either. Exactly. But Brian, <laughs> Brian's a guy that, you know, and to be honest with you, I don't know Brian that well. But Brian is one of those guys where you walk, I, I've walked a similar path as him, and you guys will hear it more in the show, but it's almost like we walked a parallel path. Um, and... Uh, he he's a guy that like he went to the same school as me got hunting around the same time he's an outdoorsman northern michigan guy and i've always kind of known brian and i think when i when i kind of got around the um the public land crowd a little bit brian was always there and every year at the expo i would see brian and uh 
he's just one of those guys. And, and, you know, Steve and I actually got to uh, sit down and, and share the, uh, share the auction tent with him the last time we were at Compton. And, uh, you know, he's just got a really great family and they're really outdoorsy and they do everything together. And we thought, you know, Brian's always outside and he's a, he's a park ranger and we thought he would be great to, I thought he'd be a great addition to the show. And, uh, that's really all I can say about him. Just a, yeah, just a fantastic individual and, and you won't find a, you know, he's a, he's a, he's basically a, a walking traditional outdoors mascot. He's just always, he's always doing something. Guy's never sitting around. It was a pleasure having him on the show. I, I, I didn't, uh. I didn't get. I didn't talk that much on this one. Just it, it just worked out that way. But I had a blast listening to him. I think it was a. I think it was a really good conversation. I think everybody's going to enjoy it. So without further ado, here's Brian Miller, and joining us tonight on the other end of the line, we got Mr. Brian Miller. How's it going, Brian? It, it is going very good. Good to hear. Good to it's hear. It's going good. Yes. Nick, you doing all right? I'm doing good, man. I'm I'm stoked to talk to Brian here. Uh, I've known Brian for a little while. Um, haven't really talked to you as much as I wanted to, man. But I kind of, you know, a little bit back and forth. We're we're both uh, we're both traditional bow hunters, obviously, and outdoorsmen. And and another unique thing is I I'm a I'm an alum from Grand Valley State University, and I work there now as a as a you know multimedia coordinator. And you and your wife Janet are both alums, also. That is correct. Yeah. yeah, I'm class 2006, and my wife is also. Well, I'm 2005, and my wife's 2006. Really? I was yeah. two thousand. I was yes. 2005 too. Yeah, and that's glory, <laughs> glory years of football and everything. Oh yeah, All man, I, I was on those. I was on two of those teams. So no I, kidding, I, I was. I did not know. I, now this is a football, of a Grand Valley podcast, Steve. But but yeah, uh. we. That, yes, I was. I played for. Uh, I was on. I was on there in 2001 and 2002 the their runner-up year in the year we uh we won it and my wife was an athletic trainer so no yeah kidding. so we got some Small we got worlds. some roots here in fact the first time i i met i really talked to brian was i was uh you know steve i've talked to you about that um that grand valley hunt i do every year that doe call and uh brian heard me talk about it and and, and messaged me and wanted to know if he could do it too <laughs> and i and i tried for you brian <laughs> yeah, i'm like hey what's What's this? I never heard about this. Like, what? What the? I want in. Man, I try to push the envelope on that every year, but but the arborist there, Steve, he's 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 got it right down to a science, and he's not open and not up to anybody else because the floodgates would be opened. <laughs> Naturally, understood. But, uh, well, but yeah, well, man. Since, other than that, you know, Steve. Go ahead, Steve. No, you're fine. I was just going to say, since since uh, Nick and Brian just took off to, to talking about football and everything else, I'm going to pull it back a little bit for those that don't know Brian. Uh, I'm going to give Brian a few minutes. Brian, just tell us a little bit about yourself, and uh, and then I'm sure Nick will jump back in with, with more questions. But just you know, give us a little bit more information about your background, who you are, what you do, maybe throw in a little bit about your, your hunting background, and then we'll go from there. That's an entire memoir right there. Jeez. Um, <laughs> well, born, born and raised uh, northern Michigan. Um, pretty much uh, grew up on the, just north of the Big Manistee River. Um, graduated from a small little school district in Manistee County. And, yeah, went off to bigger and better things in uh, Grand Rapids area, Grand Valley. And, uh, 
you know, of course, just like most most uh, students around that time, just took a couple years to figure out where my where my niche was and getting into what I wanted to go into and graduated. And fortunately, I was able to end up uh, working in in the field of study, which you know, uh, I graduated from Grand Valley with a natural resources uh, management degree, and uh, well, found myself here working uh, for Parks and Rec uh, with the Michigan DNR. So, um, talk on a little more, um, but yeah, I kind of always had this, uh, mindset that, you know, the, your, your environment kind of makes you who you are. And, um, growing up here in the Manistee National Forest, uh, just surrounded by public land. I mean, everywhere. I mean, my parents' property was surrounded on, uh, three sides by federal land. And, um, I would also say that's kind of what led me into, you know, my first experience with archery, um, Early early mid '80s, uh, the Forest Service was doing a lot of a lot of aspen management up here, um, and uh, doing a lot of clear cuts. And I made some of my first bows were uh, popple whips from those early from those early growths. I I don't know I was like five six years old, and I could break a break a popple sapling off and use braided fishing line for for my bowstring and. I felt like I was a pretty good shot with that, but <laughs> that's that's pretty much what got us what got it started. I just I don't know, I'm making a bow, I'm building forts, and I could just pretty much run around encumbered and not have to worry about well pretty much anything. And uh, I'd say that kind of set me on my course for well where I am today. So yeah, very cool. A- so from a bow hunting perspective, was it, I'm sorry, Nick, I stepped on you again, man. Um, <laughs> from a bow hunting perspective, was it always, uh, was it always traditional bow hunting? Definitely not. Um, I'd like to say it was, but, uh, I mean, growing up, like for some, like, oh, let's see, how do I, how do, where do I start this? Um, I mean, I really did not get into bow hunting seriously until after after uh, football my senior year um three sport athlete um i just i just loved loved competing loved sports um and uh once i got into that and with baseball and football and it was just that's that's what i did um um that's what i focused on Uh, my hunting season was small game season and firearm deer season um, then as I got a little older and got stronger, it was like, oh, this this bow season thing looks pretty pretty cool. I need to I need to get back to back to my roots here, and um, and it started out with uh, knew nothing about archery really. I mean, nothing about bow hunting. I just knew that I just knew that I'd like. That's all right. Started watching uh, the outdoor. My, my parents finally got cable. We got a satellite dish, and I was able to watch some outdoor television. And that's right when, uh, oh, man, I forget what their names are, but you'd watch Real Tree Outdoors on on uh, TNN, and um, Moss Yoke had their show. And it's like, man, I was watching these bow hunting guys. I'm like, that looks a lot funner than than firearm season. And uh, so yeah, I asked for asked for a bow for Christmas, and I got a got an old PSE compound my senior year, and went off to went off to Grand Valley, and I had some uh, family with a few acres down there, and uh, I still literally had no idea what I was doing. I just had some arrows that flew okay, and 
and uh, had some property to hunt down there in between classes and went down there, set up, first first day out bow hunting. Here comes a little three by three, six point. Put a shot right through him and I watch him fall 30 yards away. I'm like, what the? Like, that was awesome. And I'm just, you know, shaking out of my skin here. And I'm like, I'm addicted. And that's pretty much... Uh, literally where it kind of started to cascade from there because I'm like, I need a better bow. Um, I started hanging out with all the bow shops around there, um, especially uh, Archery Unlimited right there on Lake Michigan Drive, downtown Grand Rapids. Mm -hmm. Um, It got to the point where I was spending way too much time down there Um, and uh, got big into competitive shooting and league shooting. Um, I was traveling all over the place, all over the Midwest, uh, shooting uh, for IBO, shooting ASA, um, shooting all the spot tournaments right here in the state of Michigan. Um, and, uh, it got to the point where, I mean, I pretty much put up a 60 X 300 round, you know, about once every five times shooting and, um, which is pretty good, I guess. And, uh, was able to win a few tournaments and that's back, uh, my wife, Jandon, our first date was at Archer Unlimited, right down there, uh, um, Frank and Linda Russ's place um, in Grand Rapids. That's where we met for the first time. Um, we kind of kind of met online a little bit and started chatting and and uh, well, let's have a let's meet there. Let's let's go shoot bows and that's that's kind of how it started. And let's see with the traditional traditional archery. I mean that it got to the point where I was I was tagging out every single year. And I was, I was losing that, those jitters, you know, after the shot, it was just kind of like, okay, it was just, it was just business, you know, matter of fact, oh, I shot, you know, filled my two combo tags, my three antlerless tags, you know, no big deal. And, uh, and then, uh, yeah, I'm not really, uh, sure how else to explain that, but I kind of got thinking like, oh, I got $2,000 wrapped up in a bow here arrows broadheads release sight and everything and i'm like i don't think i've ever shot at a deer over 20 yards and i was reading a article that fred eichler i can't remember the publication but he was talking about the advantages of a traditional recurve over a compound and he went through all these scenarios where he was able to get shots off where he would not have been able to with a with a compound and that really struck you know, struck a chord with me. I was like, man, I'm like, that's, I mean, I got into, got into working with the DNR with parks. So I had no weekends available at all, um, to hunt, or I should say to compete, to go to these competitions. And it's just kind of the excitement for that kind of dwindled off. And I'm like, I need to, I need to get that. I need to get that excitement back. And, um, so I started, uh, just researching, uh, well, traditional archery, joined a bunch of forums, um, picked up a couple of used bows. And, you know, at that point I knew a lot more about archery in general, um, tuning and everything, and just the, being able to understand the verbiage that was being used. And it, uh, I had a little bit of athletic ability, which I think kind of helped me right off the bat. Um, and, uh, I was like, man, I'm like, I'm doing, this is pretty easy to hit that you know, hit a baseball size group out to 20 yards and not really think about it. And, and, uh, so the first couple of years, that's pretty much what it was, just snap shooting away and having a ball. And it was, it was exciting again. And, uh, 
Like, I remember, like, shot my first first deer with the recurve, and I remember calling everybody in the tree stand. Like, I'm like, I mean, I just shot a, shot a doe with my walk, with my recurve, and uh, I'm like, I, I'm so excited. I don't know what to. I don't know how to how to react. <laughs> and uh, it was like, that's, and it's been like that ever since. Like, I just get so worked up now, and uh, it was nice to get that back. So, man, you know, your journey mirrors mine in so many ways. It's starting to freak me out. (laughs) I mean, for for one, uh, oh, yeah, you know, I grew up in Sheboygan. So, you know, we didn't grow up too far apart. You know, you came down to Grand Rapids for for school. You know, I I did, too. Or at the same time, you were shooting at Archery Unlimited. My first my first not lesson was at Archery Unlimited. Um I was the only one there shooting that the owner was kind of dabbling, um, dabbling with traditional a little bit in the shop. Um, I eventually settled yeah. at grand Valley sporting goods and I started shooting there a lot. Um, yep. but that's kind of funny that that happened. I remember that Eichler article cause it was one of the first publications I bought. And, and in it, he was talking about how, if you wanted to shoot an apple off your head, he'd use a compound, but if he wanted to kill you, he'd use a recurve. And so that was one because I I got a subscription to Bowhunter magazine, and before I knew anything about traditional Bowhunter or anything like that, you know that was one of the first things I bought as I yeah. was figuring it out. And I did the same thing when I got my um when I got my first deer there, um yeah I mine was with a longbow even though I started the year off with a recurve but I called everybody too I called my dad I called my mentor at Grand Valley Sporting Goods I called I was like literally shaking in this field afterwards just wondering the deer were still running off when I was talking <laughs> yeah but yeah man that's really really cool that that is, is just interesting I've, I've talked to you before but never really got into the weeds into the details like that but you know we've kind of just been walking the same path only different places <laughs> yeah and i and i still have i still have you know a friend who's trying to keep me in the dark side he gets he's he's irritated with my with my full-on transition to traditional because i i was the local bullshit bow shop for him i have you know press tuning boards draw board i mean i still have it set up and he's the only one who brings bows over to have me work on and uh um, he's just like you gonna when are you gonna when are you gonna get rid of those sticks and get back to matthews and get back to killing deer with me I do just fine. <laughs> and I'm like, and uh, but yeah, I mean, it's hunting, hunting. Yeah, it's it's and it's funny. It's I've had this story. Um, oh, I tell people I'm like I shouldn't, I shouldn't like hunting. I really shouldn't. The I had, I just love like hunting. In my family, it was hunting season. You're hunting. It's it's religion. You know, um, my dad was able to get the entire two week of firearm deer season in Michigan. And he was hunting every day. Um, and I remember I tell people and, uh, yeah, my first hunting experience, uh, here's a, here's a shotgun. Here's a five gallon bucket, sit here and I'll be back and pick you up at noon. Make sure it has horns if you shoot it. <laughs> and, uh, it's funny because my, my dad's like, you're, you're lucky. You got a bucket. Because <laughs> and everyone's like, yeah, I'm like that's similar. I had that same experience, and then it's then you know some old timer. My dad, I think it was my dad who first said it. He's like, yeah, well, you're lucky. You got a bucket. He's like, I didn't even get a bucket to sit on. But uh, yeah, I just remember you know freezing my cojones off in the in the cedar swamp and wet feet and heck, and it was. I I look back and I'm like, I I really should not like hunting at all. I think it was just I was just born with 
born with that uh, desire and just something about being in the woods and you know that that primal primal feeling um, and uh, yeah I, I love it and uh, I'm just fortunate that I found a found a life partner that has the kind of the same same goals and aspirations and same you know desire to you know it's it's challenging it's more of a challenge and I mean it takes a different type of person to you know want to go the more challenging way and to understand that you know quote uh, you know Mr. Zamkoviak that the, the how matters it really does and I I think that you know can transcend to many many aspects of life it's the, the how matters and uh it's like yeah no bait perfect you know and public land a little bit like I, I'm able to hunt some I got some good private land that I hunt a lot and, but it's been kind of yeah, there's there's no sitting in a shack there's uh there's no no feeders no bait and uh fortunately you know it's not legal in Michigan anymore so and um but yeah it's when I when I'm able to release that release that arrow um it's that culmination of getting there I mean that's that's 99 percent of it where that arrow lands I actually I, I don't consider that you know it's important but it's it's not weighed nearly as much as everything else building up to that moment and uh i don't know any other better way to explain it the how matters i love i love that that's i can't take credit for that one that's jason zamkoviak oh you called him mr zamkoviak we can steal we can steal from him though that's fine (laughs) okay that's fine yeah i'm not i'm not i'm not buying one of his t-shirts but yeah that's yeah, there you but go. yeah, I heard. I, he sells. I, I he sells, that, like, he that, sells t-shirts now. He's got. Oh, he's yeah. got a t-shirt with that on. Oh, does he? With that, uh, and it, was it Jason? Jason's yeah. got. If, if you can, if you can make it and sell it, Jason's got it. <laughs> he yeah, sells well, t-shirts I bought, I, for a while. I must admit, I bought his whitetail course, and and I, honestly, I never get around to. I never get around to watching it, but I'll, I'll support him doing anything. It's just, it's one of those things I never, I never end up with enough time to sit down and actually start. Cause I know, I know he's got stuff in there that I would benefit from. And, but I, I, I'll buy a shirt from him just to support him. But I didn't know, I didn't know. Jason's going to listen to this now and say, yep, they don't listen. I knew it. <laughs> but I do, I, I do listen to Jason's and I'll be honest he's, with he's you. Got... I've talked to him on the phone. Like, two or three times in the last couple of weeks, but uh, somehow I just missed the shirt thing. <laughs> and he's got so much content out there. I tell him, I'm like, yeah, I listen to a lot of this. You stuff. can't keep up with everything. But then I also, out there. That, and, that, and then, and then, uh, then I also say, I don't listen to a lot of this stuff. Because <laughs> I don't listen to a lot of it. There's just so much. And, uh, but no, I, I, yeah. Cause I first got into po- listening to podcasts here a couple of years ago. I was one of the first ones that popped up on the search bar and, and I, I was always political around talking about hunting. Like, eh, I don't want to ruffle much feathers. But I, I kind of credit him with being, you know, unapologetically who he oh, is. Oh yeah, he won't apologize. His beliefs and hunting. Yep. No, and I and I, I'm like, I'm like, this guy's awesome. I'm like, I'm going to be like that. He's always creating content too. I just know at some point, I'm going to be listening to something that he did, and you're going to hear a toilet flush. I mean, cause he's, he's just, he's always, he's always creating content. I mean, it's just, so yeah, he, he'll probably hear this and get a chuckle hey. out of it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. 
Oh yeah, and there's a lot of some. I, I I comment on a lot of his stuff on on the Facebooks and whatnot. And yeah, I'd like to give I'd like to give him some more crap and debate him a little bit. But I'm like, you know what? His system is it works for me. This is the best for me. And I just want to tell him no. <laughs> Sometimes just to see what he says, they'll call me call me a hater. No, he would he would probably <laughs> oh, fine, he, he would be, honestly. Be, I can tell you exactly what he'd say. He'd say, well, whatever works for you. That's exactly what he was. Saying. I said it works for me. I got, I'm like I got twice twice the legs leg step as you do, so, yeah. So can I not can I not make short jokes? Credits. Edit that edit that you, one out. You, you, you can make jokes all you want to. I'm just not getting into that fight. So, <laughs> so, okay. J- Jason, if you're listening, that was Brian Miller. Um, he can be found on Facebook. I, yep. I don't have his, well, I do have his exact address, but I'm not sharing it through the podcast. Uh, so, oh, he, yeah, he, he'd recognize the name. So I know we were, uh, it's all good. I know we were talking kind of pre-record. You got a big, you got a big trip coming up, right? Actually really coming up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm leaving in six. <laughs> Five minutes, nine hours. What's the pod? When, when yeah, is the podcast I'm, I'm, recording yet? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's uh, no, this is this has turned into one of my favorite favorite little uh, almost pretty much kind of my only hunting trip of the of the year every year. It's the one I look forward to. It's we uh, we head up to head up a small small island in the northern part of Lake Huron here in Michigan, and um. My buddy and he's got a couple of contacts. They're coming up and they're bringing their bringing their beagles. We're gonna run some snowshoe hair. Um, started out as three persons and three days here three years ago, and now it's I think it's up to ten people, and we're looking at we're looking at five days for this hunt. And uh, yeah, that's I'm I'm just really looking forward to it. Just a lot of the whole you know camaraderie and you know I didn't really kind of grow up with any deer camp type experiences and. Uh, you know, having the having the ability to literally walk out the back uh, door of my parents' house and hunt thousands and thousands of acres of federal, and it's like, oh, we didn't have to travel anywhere to go hunting, but this is, you know, this is a trip I look forward to every year, and uh, we're going to keep it going. And the goal is to eventually kind of, once our kids get a little older and are able to be a little more, you know, self, kind of self uh take care of themselves uh we're, we're looking forward to really expanding it out and really making a big camp um to have them go up there with us and that's what we're really looking forward to and we figure that's probably two three years down the road here so um yeah i mean it's talking to my dad from back when he was in high school and whatnot they used to run snowshoes here in the manatee national forest all the time um the uh the federal federal lands um young young red pine plantations um just perfect habitat for snowshoes there were hardly any predators no coyotes or anything and they said it was nothing to go out daily limit out on hares and uh about the time i was you know just being born and um starting to grow up there really weren't no hares at all around the area they're they were literally just kind of you can't find a snowshoe hare in this county um so you have to you have to kind of travel travel a bit to find snowshoes to run and um it is a it is a fun experience yep in fact my dad used to hunt those all the time when he was a kid 
And uh, he yeah. now, if he ever finds one, he he calls me, like because you just don't yeah. see him. He said they they just yeah, yeah you you got to go north exactly. And he said they were it was just yeah, coyotes, like you said, it's yep. awful. Yep, I think a lot a lot of it was the habitat, and then the coyotes all of a sudden just blew up. And I mean, because you can't find many cottontails, no, either up here. And I mean, that's when my dad, yeah, when he was a kid, that was you know him and his buddies they. You know, well, his buddies had the beagles. Kind of, it's kind of the same situation I'm in. My buddy has the beagles. I, I, I just like my, my pets. That's that's about it. I, he runs hounds. He's got a squirrel dog now, so we're looking forward to that here in the future. But yeah, he, he likes to run the run the hounds, and he's got his contacts all over the country from breeding and buying dogs. And there, he's like, hey, come on up. And yeah, it's it's turned into a fun time. Especially those guys from Virginia. They came up last year and. To them, I mean, Drummond Island is a complete new environment for them. And, uh, I mean, you're talking, it's all it's all limestone outcrop pretty much. It's all solid underneath that snow. And you're basically standing on ATV trails, which are about 15, 20 feet wide. And it's just walls of cedar. And you can't see but just a couple of feet into that those cedars. And uh, so basically you, you hear the dogs running. They're coming back around. And uh, those snowshoes get, they can get quite a bit of ways out in front of those beagles, especially on snow. And uh, you see that rabbit pop out, you have to acquire it, shoot it, before it, you know, covers that 20 feet and as fast as it's running. And uh, so basically, it's, it, is a, it is a gun hunt. Um, the first year I went up, I took my long bow, and the thought was, I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, ah, the year, this winter before, I shot a rabbit with my, with my long bow, and I'm like, yeah, I'm that's normal now. I can do that. That's no problem. And uh, I'm like, ah, well, we got one hour. We're going to run the dogs. And uh, I'm like, I better just grab my gun. That way I can get one under my belt and take the bow out the rest of the weekend. Well, release the hounds. I got on a good run, pushed that rabbit all the way around. And you can't, like I said, you can't see anything into these woods. And all of a sudden, snowshoe pops out five feet in front of me and just stops right on the edge. And I'm just like, I, I'm like, I, I can't shoot it. I'm like, there's no way. I'm like, this thing's going to explode. And uh, all I could think about is, why didn't I bring my bow? Why didn't I bring my bow? And uh, so after that, is I tell myself, like, I'm just, I'm not even going to bring the bow up there so I'm not tempted anymore because I'll, I will grab the bow now if I have it up there. And I'd probably go the entire weekend without uh, getting the hair, but I should, I should do that regardless. I should take, you're like, you know what? You guys got me talking. Now I'm at the, making me think I need to take my, take my bow up there instead and not take the gun. Cause I mean, I talk, we go up there and the whole idea is we, we can really care less if we actually shoot one. Um, the guy, we just, I mean, you're up in the middle of nowhere and there's, it's sparsely populated. Um, and these dogs they can just run and run and run and uh that's that's kind of what we're up there for just to listen to those dogs you can hear them run bark and just bugling away as they run away from you and then you can't hear them that's how far away they get then all of a sudden it's like oh they made that turn and you start hearing them again and you're like okay and it's just a crescendo especially when you get 10 10 beagles running after a single hair and it's just just a and i i'm not like I said, I'm not a hound guy, but for them, my buddies who are bringing their dogs up, that is just, 
the greatest experience, like whether or not the hair gets shot or anything, they, they could, they could really care less. They're more or less just sitting there waiting uh, to handle the dogs, just let their dogs just like, yeah, Hey, look, they push that rabbit and they stayed on it all the way around. Like that's to them, that's the big deal. Yep. So I've noticed that too. We had, uh, when I, when I was learning and I was at Grand Valley Sporting Goods, um, we had a, we had a buddy that, that had hounds and, and he had beagles and he just loved running the beagles. Um, and the and actually one of the first, I went with them two or three times and just, just around the Allendale area. And yeah. it was the funnest hunting. I mean, it was cause it was just a trip. I mean, you just, you could talk the whole time and you know, we were beating brush and we were, oh yes. man, it was just like, we couldn't wait yeah. to get to the next field. I mean, it was like six hours of just solid, like, you know, moving around in the cold and, and just the excitement of it. And yeah, they, I don't even think the, the, the guy with the beagles, he ever, ever picked a bow up. I mean, he just, he was yeah, just or, like letting his kid go or something, you know, like he was just like, I just proud of him, you know? Yep. All right. Yeah. And I remember my buddy, he's, he's like, Hey, come on, I'll go, let's go rabbit hunt. I'm like, all right. So I'd head on down there to Grand Haven and he's got his spots and he'd run them. And it's like, he, I'm like, Where, where's you gonna, you gonna shoot? And he's like, no, he's just got his, got his leashes over his neck and got the GPS and the shocker collar. And he's like, or the toner to make sure he don't lose his dogs. And he's like, no, just, they're going to run. And I uh, got to the point where I'd be, okay, we're just going to watch these dogs run this, run this, uh, rabbit around and around and around and uh i'm like all right i'm like yeah I'm like this is this is really cool i mean because that's just beagles being mm-hmm. beagles and rabbits being rabbits literally rabbits just gonna run around in circles and those beagles just keep pushing it so it's that's and that's what it came down to it's like you know we're just gonna enjoy ourselves up there and you know whether we shoot anything or not but of course we do because you know it's there's rabbits and you have you know you have a gun in your hand and but uh oh yeah, they still doing that uh rabbit tournament down there at Green Valley? They do it every year. And I Yeah, you want you want you you got you know who won that first one? The first one they had mm-hmm. it? Oh that was that was that was my buddy and I. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we we had like a four my buddy shot a four point I wanna say four point three four pound hair. Oh, good, good lord! And, uh, or I should not hair, but cottontail. Yeah, cottontail. Yeah. And uh, we we ended up we both limited out, and we were just stopping brush, and that that was a miserable, miserable time. That I mean, they just had like eighteen inches of snowfall in the forty eight hours before that. We were waist deep going through snow drifts, trying to, and we found uh, couldn't have been but a hundred yards of three just rows of spruce that were planted as a windbreak and it was the only place that you could get into and uh we were just chasing rabbits back and forth to each other just stomping on the pine bows and every time a rabbit would pop out they're just they couldn't go anywhere and uh no we ended up with the heaviest rabbit we were like yeah yeah felt pretty good about ourselves so that was that was fun but i have not been able to participate in that hunt few years now and it's you know kind of kind of miss it need to get back into sadly that. my my friend rick who had the dogs you know after after his beagles passed he he never never really got back into it and uh you know just graduated on to just going to shoots and 
and just enjoying the bow that way and deer hunting and and i don't i don't even think he's doing that anymore you know uh occasional pheasant hunt yep um but yeah man it it uh i think they still do it um they probably are still doing it um i have never really i participated in it one year and i don't even think we came back to weigh in (laughs) so Ah. we kind of just got distracted but i don't think i've ever met anybody this fired up about rabbit hunting man (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, it's and it's it's because it's limited. I I don't I don't overdo it. I think that's what it is. Well, I'm as fired up about deer too. Um, but right now we've been. I mean, where are we? We're we're two months into our well, it's Michigan, so the season started early September now. So, but it's uh I'm kind of just taking a break, and uh, it's firearm season's over. I'm gonna let him go a week or two before I try and get back out in the woods for for late bow season and. It's just they they got ran so ragged this year. They did. Um, yeah, I I couldn't believe the number of hunters I saw this year, and I I, I can't remember ever seeing so many hunters. And I'm talking about bow season and firearm season. Um, there's a spot I hunted last year, and I never saw another hunter tracks or anything. And this year I went in there opening evening. I'm like, all right, the wind's good. I'm like, I've got my hip boots on. I got to get across this channel and. Oh, well, maybe they'll come through here. I get out to that spot, and I'm driving back. There's a vehicle. There's a vehicle. There's a vehicle. There's nine vehicles on this half-mile stretch of road where it dead ends. And I'm like, what the Yeah, heck? we've noticed the same thing, man, everywhere. Um, in fact, I didn't even yep. go in the woods during rifle. Every, everywhere I had planned to go, I, well, I just. Well, this was this. That that story was bow well, season. Well, bow season, exactly. Day of so bow. bow, we were going out. uh John and I and a bunch of other people and well, a couple people anyway and and you know they were then I had a run in with COVID so I missed half my bow season so you know That's yeah I know it was right during worst time ever and then they um but but he said there were so many people covered up in that area and there was in my area too I mean you're talking two three cars deep there's not a lot of land there I mean there's not a lot of access points so you're walking through somebody. I mean, there's, there's only a few prime spots on that, on that land around here. Cause it's, it's all private land locked and, and that's Michigan hunting. But I have multiple people have said that this year has been, and you know, maybe it is the COVID situation where people don't have a lot to do. And they're just like, Oh, we're going hunting this year. You know, we're going to hunt, we're going to hunt both seasons. We're going to, we're going to be out there as much as possible. So, you know, that's, it. it's just kind of, it's it's kind of sucked this year. I'm going to start stopping and telling people to go to Georgia and tell them how no, hot no, the honey no, is. No, 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 don't do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I and I and I'm I'm like I'm like you know I'm like you got all these orders I'm like oh we need we need more hunters and I'm, after this year I'm just like the heck with that we need less hunters. <laughs> That, that's just the selfish side of me, but, you know, kind of at the same time, yeah, kind of sort of, you know, just put it out there and see how, how people react. That, that. Yeah. But, uh, no, and, and then a lot of my spots this year during firearm season, I haven't seen deer drivers, like groups of deer driving since I was young. I remember seeing them drive up and down my road and seeing the caravans, 10, 15 people just pushing sections of federal land. And I haven't seen that in over a decade. Plus, I haven't seen it since the mid-90s. And this year, just the river. I mean, I, we saw big boats traveling down the river. 15, 20 people, they'd get out and they'd push an entire section of river bottom. And you'd hear 15, 20 shots. And it's just Man. Like, what, what are you doing? I'm like, for crying out loud, you got all the toothpaste out. You don't need to You don't need to roll it and get the last of it out, dude. <laughs> um, 
But it, it's like I'm like, what are you shooting at? I'm like, and we have we I am in an antler point restriction county, and you know you have your whether you're for that or not. I'm like I still feel like you need to make you know have some target awareness for crying out loud. But I think when they uh, put our basically our uh, deer license or any sex this year and it allows people to shoot antlerless tags on their regular license. Um, I think that's kind of pushed a lot of people to just blast away. And it sounded like it was brown. It's down this year. And it's kind of frustrating. But at the same time, I look back and I'm like, okay. I'm like, I've, I was able to put a deer down. I was able to go into a new spot I've never hunted before and was able to shoot a deer on my first sit at four yards. And it went... And I'm like, okay, that's pretty awesome. And then about a week later, I had an encounter with a real nice buck. Um, he came in, at, got him at, had him at 20 yards. Um, actually called him in. He was going past me. Got about 60 yards away. I hit the grunt call. He turned right around. He come right back and circled around. And he just never got into an opening where I could shoot. Um, but I had, had a mature buck right there in northern Michigan at 20 yards. And it was just so, so much trash in the way. I'm like, there's, I couldn't have got a gunshot through. And I'm just like, oh, dang it, this is so close. And I was sitting in the exact tree that I put my good buddy who runs the Beagles. He came up last year with his first hunt. Okay, I'll go back here. But anyways, it's a good, it's turned into a good spot. And I'm going to maintain that as a regular spot. But uh, the only reason I was sitting in that spot is because last year I had my little deer camp. Got a couple buddies from college that come up every year. We've been going at it for 15 years now. And last year was the first year I had them both. Everyone was shooting traditional archery equipment. So I was like, gave myself a little little hand for that. But we hung a stand in that tree at about 1230. And uh, my buddy walked out there at 3 o'clock, sat in it. And this was his first ever hunt with a longbow, traditional equipment at all. And once you know it, Nice, probably 90, 95 to 100 inch eight point. Comes walking right by, right up the cut. Gives him that perfect seven yard shot, eating an acorn and put his, you know, forward foot, forward, his facing foot forward and just open that chest cavity all up for him. And puts an arrow right through it. Deer runs to the top of the hill. Mind you, we're in like a terrace runs to the top of the hill and then dies at the top of the hill to save us all that dragging. And I'm just like, yeah, that's not fair. I'm like, dude, I'm like, this is your first ever year bow hunting with a longbow. It's your first ever sit with it. And you're like an hour into your hunt and you tag out on that. <laughs> I'm like, for crying out loud. I'm like, you kidding me? And uh, yeah, so I give, him, I give him crap about it every time I see him and talk to him. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, remember that time I put you on that buck? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's it's fun. But I'm I'm I was so proud of him, and it's like, yeah, just like that. And then, uh, yeah, but uh, they came. He came up this year, and um, we the wind was out of the south. It was really warm. It like hit like mid 70s up here that last week of October. It was the weekend after. Yeah, the weekend after Thanksgiving. So it was actually the first week in November. It was like 75 degrees. And we didn't lay eyes on a single deer for three days. And that was that was when it was like, man, I'm like seeing people everywhere. And uh, 
yeah, I, I just, as the season drug on, I was getting more and more discouraged. I'm just like, this is, this is ridiculous. There's so many people and they're just blasting away at everything. And I just hear so many gunshots and it's like, man, we need to get back to bow season. Mm-hmm. I'm like this bow season, just let these deer get back to normal. And I did feel pretty good because yesterday I was driving down and saw a couple of groups of does pass in front of me on the gravel road and i'm just like all right like so they didn't get them all and uh some of the deer were starting to seem a little more just acting regular instead of spooked like they're ready to jump out of their skin sure so i i was uh i was seeing a lot of them at actually driving two spots at around 4 30 in the morning or early season and uh and into camp yeah. too in november um they're they just seem to be out and about 4 4 30 in the morning and then nothing just you know they went nocturnal real quick this year it seemed that that they did and i and like i said the deer i shot this year it was the earliest in the season i've shot it was october 6th yeah i think that's the earliest deer i ever shot as far as into the season and uh, it was only my second sit of the year and it's just like oh it's the best kind well Well, and and that was that that was a nice deer too wasn't it i mean a nice big deer because i think i messaged you shortly after when you posted that deer that's when i messaged you to be on the show and i was like man that's a nice deer and he's he's already just a little little two-year-old seven but he i set i set standards well i usually have standards and nine times out of ten in years past i i probably don't shoot that deer but there was a lot of a lot of it was the buildup. I'm like, this is a good story. I just went into a spot that I just kind of scouted through, you know, with the e-scouting, just looking at aerials. And I mean, it it's just wasn't but a mile from my parents' place. And it was close, and I've, I've never stepped foot in there in my entire life. And like, it was it was not easy getting in there. And uh, I remember I just went in with a t-shirt because it was early season, it was warm, and I, it was nice and breezy out of the south. And I'm just like, I. I'm going to go in and sit right there. And I went in and I pretty much was able to sit about 10 yards from the spot that I dropped on my, on the GPS. And I'm like, all right, I guess this is good. This is good. And all of a sudden a couple, I'm listening to, listening to Jim Eckout and Brian Burkhart give their, give their Alaska story on another podcast. Cause I, I'm, like I said, I, I like to kill the time and, and I, I hear crunching behind me. And I'm like, I look and right there, like 15 yards. I'm like, what the heck? I'm like that, I had to have set up. That deer had to have been bedded, but 30 yards away from me. I should have heard that deer coming from 100 yards away, and because it was just all reed grass and splashing. And I'm like, yep. I'm like, I think he was bedded right there next to that cedar tree. And uh, I look and I'm like, yep, he's good size. And all of a sudden he's at four yards. I'm like, yeah, I'm. This is a good story. I'm taking this one. And uh, for a two-year-old, for a river bottom deer, um, dressed out at 136 pounds, um, that's actually decent size for that. Our that is a nice Michigan um, deer. That well, that's what I yeah, said the moment um, I saw it. Um, and yeah, you should be proud of that one. And uh, at four yeah, yards no. too. And, and you were listening to a podcast. Well, you... I got, there's these cool. <laughs> yeah, there's these. There's these. I got this. This these new head. They're like vibration so it leaves my ears open so they just they just rest on the the bone there my jaw bone and it works by um, conduction or vibration or whatnot so you're you're not there's nothing in your ear canal 
So I'm able to just have that on nice and light, and I can still listen to the birds and tweets and everything. And I'm like, all right, let's put that on, and let's uh, let's see what I can find. And I'm in a little, this little itty-bitty maple tree that's only about five inches in diameter, and I'm only 10 feet up. And I'm, I should be sky, there's, I'm like, there's no excuse for this deer to not have seen me. And, because uh, there was nothing, I had no backdrop, nothing. And I, I just look at it as we had a good, like, 15 mile an hour wind going. That reed grass was just, there was so much white noise. And I think with that, um, a lot of it was above his eye line where that, mo- that reed grass was just moving, just blowing in the wind, because he was just browsing and grazing. And he came right right down underneath me, and he had never looked up at me. And for a Michigan deer not to look up or spot you from 100 yards away if you don't have any backdrop, that's that's pretty rare. So I just assumed that something else was – he was used to that movement in his peripheral vision, and uh, that kind of, you know, helped me out. And uh, I was able to – what I liked is that was an early day because I got out early in the day, shot him. I was able to go get my dad – he brought his jet sled out, and he was able to come out and help me retrieve it. We drug it out of the cattails, up the hill, got it back to their house, and we hung it up. And I actually had it um, skinned, quartered, and in the cooler before I needed to use a, le- a light. And uh, that's a – I usually don't have that happen very often because I don't – I'm trying to think. The last time I shot a deer in the morning to where I could do everything in daylight, that had to have been – That'd have been way back in 2010 when I was I shot a shot a nice deer out at Ludington State Park at 11 o'clock in the morning, and uh, that was the last year I shot in the morning. Huh. I, I just don't I don't have very much success in the morning, and it's gotten to the point where I kind of just instead of going out at the crack of dawn, I just wait until about 11 or so, and I'll I'll just do like an 11 till dark sit, and uh, that's I've been finding a lot of success doing that. I'm, I'm, Plus, I get to sleep. I'm in. thinking I need to figure out a way to get some of those Michigan deer and and transplant them to Georgia because these deer walk around <laughs> looking up into trees. Um, and I'm not. I'm, well, I'm that's, literally that's what I said. Serious. It's very. Yeah, that's and that's that's why I was saying it's very rare to have a Michigan deer not look up at you from a hundred yards. It'll be sitting still. The wind will be in your face. All of a sudden, you see a doe out there about 150 yards away, and they'll be browsing, and then make a 90 degree look, and they spot you in the tree. And I'm like, I'm on the backside of the tree of a hemlock. There's no way they should have seen me. And then they blow, and the wind's not the wind's not swirling. But no, I I feel you. If you have that same thing in Georgia, you know, we're, that's I hunted. It's it's not fair. This, this past Saturday was the first the first full day I've actually had the opportunity to to be in the woods the whole day with. You know, everybody, everybody listen to the stuff that's going on with my wife. I just, I haven't been able to get out. And um, yeah. I saw a total of uh, 12 deer morning and afternoon. The only one that was really a long ways off was actually a, I mean, he was a really nice deer. And I really think he caught my scent because I was, I was, I was hunting on a, on a finger ridge. And I think he caught my scent coming over the finger ridge and he was probably bedded somewhere along that that ridge because he 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 kind of trotted out really kind of awkward anyway um the rest of the deer that i saw should have given me shot opportunities and i swear every one of them at some point in time would stop and look up in the 
tree and stare. And I'm talking about most of them were coming up behind me. So the tree's actually blocking my form, but they would see my pack yeah. or, you know, maybe it was, you know, if I was peeking around the, the tree to watch them, they would, I don't know, but every, every dog on one of them and ended up getting two shots, one at a doe and one at a young buck. And they both knew I was there and they were long gone before that era ever got to where they were at. I mean, they just, they were just so wired. Um, but it is, you know, it's yeah. getting kind of late here. The rut's already been, the, the deer have had a lot of pressure because, uh, you know, our season opens early September. So they're already just, you know, there's so yeah. much pressure. But I, I, I need a dumb, I need a dumb whitetail at this point. That's what I hunt. I, I yeah, <laughs> I hear, I hear those are in uh, Ohio. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> what I hear too. <laughs> I, I, that's what I hear. Everybody from Michigan that goes down to Ohio, all they say is, "Yeah, the deer don't look up at you." What are you talking about? I'm like, oh, oh that's my wife has a story. She's like just saw this deer it was just looking up in the trees it wasn't looking at her but it was just and i have seen that before too you know if there's a little sound all of a sudden you see a doe just look up in the trees right by them and i'm like someone must have hunted here before that's how i can tell if someone else has brought in a climber or something and hunted that area that the deer are just looking up in the trees from you know a squirrel running around up there that's that's ridiculous. I will, That's not even fair. I, I will tell you, there's a archery only WMA. Nick has hunted it. Tom's hunted it. Um, that that WMA gets hunted from early September to the end of the season, which is, um, well, it used to. It, anyway, to the end of the year, just say from from the, the first Saturday yeah. in September to the end of the year. And I have sat in a tree stand watching um, bucks walk and literally scanning the trees ahead of them. They'll take a few steps, they'll stop, and they'll scan it. And it's just like, you got to be kidding me. Um, but they, they just, they, they've, in fact, on that WMA, the most success I've had is actually hunting on the ground. And that's my next step. That's my next challenge. Um, I even got a little, made a little ghillie suit, like a little top. And I'm like, I'm going to be hunting these river bottoms a little bit more. Get back to my roots here. And I'm like, I, I've got, I got a lot of cover there. And I'm like, I can just find a spot and. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to, the way I look at it, I don't expect to climb trees forever, but I sure as heck want to shoot a shoot a bow until, you know, a lot longer than that. And I'm like, I think I'm going to have to start shooting, hunting from the ground at some point because I got a, my oldest, she seems to be pretty terrified of heights. And it's like, hey, let's go hunting. Okay, but I am not going in a tree stand. And it's like, well, why not? I want you. It's like, come on, let's go. I said, no, I'm not going in a tree stand. I'm like, oh, all right, we're gonna have to figure something out for you. So I figure I have to. I got a few years here where I really have to start getting pretty good on the old terra firma, <laughs> um, just to just to get a little better, so I could help set her up and get her get some success for her. And uh, and she wants to so bad. She oh, she's not quite able to draw enough weight. Um, I I would say you know. Within ten yards, she probably does have enough energy to get to get through a deer, or at least get into the into the vitals. But it's just I, I don't know. There's I just I just can't see it yet. I want to get her a few more years, uh, kind of development and getting a little stronger, so we can just get a little little heavier bow for. Her. Um, I did let her go turkey hunting this last spring at eight years old. Uh, she got a mentor license and um she's like i'm going hunting this year I'm like all right 
all right, we're going to go hunting. And uh, with that mentor license, the youth license, she's able to hunt all the seasons. Michigan has a draw for at least up here. Um, we have the first season, second season, then the third season is pretty much the entire month of May. And with the mentor license, she's able to hunt all three of those. And uh, so I had some spots all scouted out. and I'd go out at after dark, I'd set up a pop-up line um, 10 o'clock at night, get back, go to bed, wake up at 4 o'clock, get her up, make hot cocoa, make a thing of oatmeal, make my coffee, throw it in a backpack. I'm like, all right, grab your stuff, we're going. And uh, I just want her to be able to experience that at the minimum hearing turkeys gobble on the roost and getting that reaction, that interaction back and forth. I'm like, this will keep her attention. I'm like, she's going to love this. And she did. She did. Um, we were able to call, I was able to call a turkey in. Um, it was kind of a foggy day and a lot of dew settled on the decoy. And they did not like that. They got into about seven yards and uh, something didn't seem right. They just turned right around and walked right, spooked right around us. And they stayed about 20 yards behind us, just gobbled their heads off for an hour. And she thought that was the greatest thing. Um, now with her light set up, you know, I told her, I said, no, you're not shooting at the body. I'm like, I'm like, I can barely get through a turkey with my setup shooting on the bo on body shots. I'm like, I'm going to call these birds into five yards for you with the decoys. I'm like, you're going to have to shoot them in the head. So I said, you have to demonstrate proficiency. And, uh, well, she was out there every day we could. I had a blind set up in her backyard. I had to um, print it off a couple of turkey heads and put them on the target. And I'm like, you need to stack those arrows in the head of that turkey. I'm like, because you're either going to kill it with that or you're going to miss it and it'll be fine. I'm like, and you do not want to shoot low. If you shoot low, I'm going to put that as, you know, I'm going to mark that down. I'm like, if anything, you can, you can miss high. Don't miss low. And I'll tell you what, um, she put in hours shooting out of that blind like yeah can i come out and shoot I'm like yeah let's go shoot and I'd, i love taking pictures because she you know she'd be sticking four or five arrows in about a quarter size spot right on that turkey head and i posted a few of those on on the old instagrams mm -hmm. and stuff also because i thought that she's practicing turkey shooting in her uh in a summer dress you know and <laughs> taking picture of that i'm like oh let's go let's get it going and i'm like all right you're doing you're probably shooting better than i am right now so let's let's give it a try no she never got to loose an arrow but bless her heart getting up at four o'clock in the morning um to go turkey hunting i think i think we went out 10 mornings and we tried to we tried to call one in for her and she got to hear them gobble and um she got to see him a couple times but nothing would come in close enough for her I think she was pretty pretty content with that. Um, I, I tried to make it as comfortable as possible for her, and maybe maybe a little too comfy. But we take a little uh, little yoga mat. I'd roll it out for her so she could sleep until got light out, or till the turkey started gobbling on the roost. Um, like I said, she'd have hot cocoa and she'd have a thermos full of oatmeal, so she'd be sitting there just drinking hot cocoa and eating oatmeal, and and I wasn't. You know, I wasn't putting us in any uh, easy access spots, and we were walking. Some of these spots were you know, half mile from the parking spot, and I'd make her carry a lot of her own stuff. And uh, yeah, that was that was great. I got some pictures of that too, where she's got a way over overloaded backpack, and 
I'm like, oh, let's go. She's like, all right. And I think she's back. She's ready to go again. I think she likes the turkey hunting. She likes the rabbit hunting also. Um, back to my... Looking down at my wife right now. Was it last winter we took her rabbit hunting? Yeah, last... Yeah, last last winter we had a little family rabbit hunt uh, behind my in-laws, and uh, we took our bows. We all took our bows, and uh, right at the end we flushed the rabbit out. As they were having, I don't know where where were you taking her? Oh yeah, they went to watch the Nutcracker at at the DeVos plate, or so they had to leave early. Sure. So they started walking walking away, and uh, we flushed the rabbit out. Oh, rabbit, rabbit. And it was making its way around the pond. And, and I'll tell you, she, she acquired that rabbit. She came to draw, and she let that arrow go, and she was just behind it. And I was just like, that. All she, she still talks about that. You know, she almost got that rabbit. She almost got that rabbit. So we're, we have a um, rabbit hunt scheduled here, I think June, uh, July. Oh, July, wow. January 16th, I think it's a Saturday, um, we're having a, a Michigan Traditional Bow Hunter um, member hunt. Um, and that should be that should be a lot of fun. Um, we're still hoping to get that in with all the all the COVID restrictions. We figure we're going to be outside and we're not going to be inside. And I think that's at Pine River. Sports yep, it's pretty. Club. I don't want to. It's pretty much every year at Pine River. I think they do yeah. it unless they can't get, yep. unless something comes up. Cause I remember one of the first rabbit hunts I ever did. And actually that was the first time I met G Fred Asbell was at a, um, Michigan yeah. traditional bow hunter rabbit hunt. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And we're, we're doing that. We're doing that this year. Um, and, uh, yeah. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. I think, uh, it's a good time. I think, yeah. And just my, my in-laws used to have a lot of rabbits behind them. I mean, that's we, every time we'd visit down there, we'd go after rabbits and, it was just overgrown, overgrown um, pond edge, and right now the water table is so darn high everywhere that all the rabbit—I call it rabbitat, um, rabbit habitat—it's <laughs> um, all it's all flooded out. Um, the the thick vegetation's not there anymore. Um, all their holes and everything are all all flooded out. And um, yeah, there's—I mean, we could walk around. I mean, it's just a half mile around that pond, and we'd limit out go the next i mean we just there's always rabbits you never run out of rabbits and uh yeah for they're just not there anymore so we're we're lucky to see one or two now if we on our little jaunts around there and, and uh we'll probably do a lot more of that and try and get down there more on the weekends i'm looking to take some more weekends off this winter and um do a lot more of that stuff and especially with uh with work and trying to encourage us to work as much from home as possible and I'm gonna I'm gonna take advantage of that and try and do a lot more of that Monday through Friday and actually take some weekends off. And I think the wife might be happy with that because I like having my Tuesday Wednesdays weekends. Yeah, I uh, bet, man. which are my yeah my my Tuesday Wednesdays off. Heck yeah, I'm going I'm going hunting and most people aren't around, so it's like I have the woods a lot of times right to myself. And yep, going back to opening day of bow season this year. That's why I was so surprised. It was a Thursday and here this nearly a half dozen people in a spot i never saw another hunter all last nope, year that didn't matter this year man day of the week did not seem to matter at all and that's probably because a lot of people were either laid off or they were at yep. home <laughs> and that and that made for that made for an extremely busy fall for me I bet. um yeah I was, i'm i am at tippy dam 
uh, Tippy Dam State Rec area on the DNR side there. And pretty much from Labor Day through the third week of October, um, parking lots were packed. We were shutting down the parking lot um, or access even. Uh, people were waiting, you know, 20, 20 to 30 minutes just to just to access the park in their vehicle. Um, and, I mean, the fish numbers weren't really there, but... We had so many people from out of state, down state. Campground was full all week, and usually it's like Friday, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights. Camp the campground's going to be booked, um, and this year it was all week, all week. Tuesday, eleven o'clock at night, didn't matter. Parking lots were full, and we had, you know, it was like, what is going on? And uh, yeah, I just it's it was COVID. I mean, people aren't working. Um, they probably got. I mean, a lot of the, they probably got more money than they know what to do with right now. They're especially with the uh, with state and federal unemployment um, subsidy on that. They're just they're. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy hunting stuff and go hunting and go camping. Mm-hmm. And we we were encouraging it. I mean, that's like, hey, get outside, go to your go to your parks. And at that point, it's like, well, it's what we're encouraging, and that's what's happening. So that's a good thing, especially since most of the state parks were shut down for camping um, through most of the year. Um, we opened back up in June, and uh, pretty much we were expecting to see a see a hit in the budget. But it's we we did pretty good. We made we had some uh, record camp numbers state park wide through um, September and October to start the new fiscal year, and uh, we're, we're things are looking pretty good for next year. Well, at least on budgetary side, but. I'm expecting another another year of COVID restrictions. To be honest, no. Let's don't let's yeah, don't talk I that way. Talk. Let's not talk about yeah. Yes, we're we're going to look on that. the bright side, there, buddy. <laughs> but the, the the bright side is, yeah, people are getting outside. Yeah. Um, they're they're camping. They're they're spending spending money on hunting equipment, and you know those extra, you know, Pittman Robertson monies are going to conservation and going out to the states and you know we could be seeing a whole new uh what's the word i'm looking for here not so much a resurgence but you know and kind of a you know i mean i'm sure a certain percentage of new hunters and new people going out camping for the first time i'm sure they're going to stick with it i mean we all did Mm -hmm. (laughs) right so i I say you know long-term wise that could be a good thing and but at the same time it's like hey um, it's crowded. <laughs> so, yeah, I, like I say, you got to look at the positives for everything. You do, you do. And Brian, I don't want to, I don't want to keep you too late. I know you've got a, you got a, 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 a hunting trip you're heading out here. Actually, it's going to be in a few hours. But uh, uh, I did, and I, and I, and I barely started packing. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I did want to say you were talking about the rabbit hunting. I was sitting here thinking, I really wish. I could find a do de- a decent place around here to rabbit hunt. I don't I don't have the beagles, so it would just be almost like spot and stalk. But the last time I did any uh, rabbit hunting at all was one of, one on on one of Nick's favorite properties to hunt here in the state of Georgia. Um, and I really hate yeah. I really hate he missed it. Yeah, it was on the place that we like to call Myrtleless Creek. Um, <laughs> oh no. Because- because there's 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 no animals anywhere within sight except one doe that loves to haunt nick and blow at him but uh yeah that's the last time i she's still blowing 
Yeah, you just—it's all. Those are the worst. It's all. It, that's a whole nother story, Brian. But yeah, Nick loves Myrtleus Creek. Um, but anyway, I we do need to kind of wrap this thing up. But I I do hope you have a uh, a most successful hunt, whether you decide to take your your bow or your shotgun. But you know what? You could take both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I said, if I take both, then I'm going to be like, ah, I'm, I'm going to take the gun out for this one. And then that's what's going to happen. Yep. I'm going to have a rabbit at five foot just standing there. Not, or It's like, no, you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to be 20 yards away running like a bat out of Hades. And uh, I'm, I'm supposed to need the gun. And uh, no, that's that's what's going to happen. So I, I, I might have to just take yeah, just take the bow and stick with it. Well, you said it wasn't or, about uh, the killing, man. So I, I think that's a license to take not, the bow. Exactly. So I think I, th- I'm, I plan on enjoying some, ho- hopefully for some nice weather and enjoy the hot tub on the back of the back of the deck and maybe, maybe a glass of scotch and a cigar. That's, that's maybe what I'm looking forward to. Well, you'll, you'll have to, you'll have to either relay how the, the hunt went to uh, Nick so he can get it to me or, or I'll share my, my cell number with you after we, after we wrap this thing up. But uh, I would we'll, like to hear we'll how it goes we'll for you. We'll have to do that one. All right, hey, I really thank you very much for having me on. I this is my first time doing anything like this, and uh, I was like, I don't know if I'm that interesting. So well, I would we, say you are. <laughs> yeah, we hopefully, hopefully, hopefully some people enjoy them. We enjoyed having you on, and and definitely thank you so much for for taking the time out of your schedule for us. Yeah, I just um, know I'm a little scatterbrained and can go on many tangents, so hopefully people. Can follow along with it pretty well nah we we like tangents but again thank you very much yeah we're like in that way too (laughs) yeah yeah we are that's what makes it that's what makes it interesting can't be can't be planned well nick thanks for hanging out with me and being my my partner in crime tonight yeah thank you man all right for everyone else listening we hope you enjoyed it we'll have another episode for you here in a week or two take care all